Hey, this is your host Shane with another jam-packed episode of Radical Rocks. We'll talk about heterogenite. We'll talk about gemstones of Sweden and uh, fool's gold that fooled archaeologists and more. On the first part of the journey, I was looking at radical rocks. There were fossils, minerals, and rocks and things. There were sand, hills, and rings. The first thing I found was a geocrystals, quartz with no clouds. Agate was hot and the ground was hard, but the gems were there to be found. See, I've been through the desert, found a rock of my felt good to have in my hand. In the desert, you can find lots of rocks, cause radical rocks are everywhere. That's right, radical rocks are everywhere, and today we are going to talk about a bunch of them. We are going to talk about the mineral heterogenite, beautiful cobalt-type gemstone, also known to be around nickel areas. We're going to talk about fool's gold that fooled the archaeologists. Also, a greenstone pennant that's quite popular in New Zealand. Um, we've got uh, ambligonite. Uh, and also, we're going to talk about Swedish gemstones, a gold mine story, and so much more. So, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing. Uh, we appreciate when you take the time to subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us get it, the numbers out there. I think we, I know we've got over a thousand total subscribers now, so that's great. Um, you can also check us out on YouTube, uh, just a down-home style, you know. It's nothing spectacular as far as uh, edited, fine-finished uh, videos, but it's real-life stuff, and uh, there's good information there to share on lapidary, uh, mining gemstones, finding gemstones, and different topics, as well as gold prospecting, and uh, some shop tips, silversmithing, even a few uh, reviews of some uh, Rockhound places that have wonderful displays and such. So let's get right into it. Uh, again, you can find us on MeWe, Radical Rocks. You look us up, you're going to find us there. Um, Radical Rocks or Radical Rocks USA. You can find us on pretty much any application you want. Um, I should get a Twitter handle. I have a presence on Twitter, but I think it's just in my name, so I'll work on that. All right, let's get into it. We've got a lot of topics today. Um, why do you see greenstone pennants in New Zealand? Tasmany Wamby tells us at the LonelyPlanet.com all about this. Um, some beautiful, artistically created medallions i guess is what i would call them but uh they're more than just a souvenir they they date back to the natives in the area of new zealand these green greenstone pennants are um called pronomi and i'm probably saying that wrong but it's uh prone aim it's p o u n a m u and these pennants are actually uh, usually attached to leather and 
locals there wear them. Tourists, of course, uh, find them quite popular. Now, they're not all created the same, um, but they are a green stone, different types of green stones. It says here of the author, he was a, uh, a New Zealander, and he received one of these gifts, which uh, can also be called he Haitiki as a gift. He received one of these, and uh, he didn't know what it meant. He knew it was an iconic um, Maori design. I hope I'm saying that right. But uh, this was something that he received. He found out that it is a fertility symbol, um, but it's a beautiful gemstone. And this is what many people consider um, why and how to get one of these. Um, it, it may or may not be bad luck, uh, as tradition has it, to buy it for yourself. But uh, definitely better if others buy it for you because it saves you money, right? <laughs> There's a, uh, a link here on certificates of authenticity and then four main designs that you may want to see. So this will give you uh, much mana uh, or power as possible by picking the right one. According to this article, nothing, um, nothing uh, proven by scientists here. But it says, is there a difference between greenstone jade and pionyamu? And I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but it can be a cloudy light green to a deep emerald hue. Now, the minerals that are typically used could be jade, jadeite, uh, nephrite, uh, are the two most common ones that are worn. Of course, jadeite's much more expensive. It says that greenstone is actually found in New Zealand, and it comes specifically from the west coast of the South Island in the land of Nagai, Tehu, and I'm probably saying that wrong too, but uh, these are there. Now, you can't go collect this stuff um, anywhere, but maybe on the beach, as I what I ascertained from um, this article, you can go to New Zealand. You can find out about this. It prominent, uh, predominantly comes from rivers like the Arahira River, and these are protected and, care, and cared for. Um, some of the southwest region is protected. It's the largest and least modified part of New Zealand's natural ecosystem. And that's because of their First Nation inhabitants. They have saved that back to be preserved. So why is some of the Panoimu more expensive than others? Well, that would be authenticity and scarcity, color, markings, translucency, things like that. And they have the different language words for, for those qualities. Um, you want to be free of dark spots and other flaws for the best. Um, also, some of the names come from a freshwater fish, which is usually a opaque to green color. Um, and then the other type is a more translucent, uh, but it is a mineral that is harder to work with. Comes in many shades of green. More common is the Kawa Kawa, 
Ponomi Mu, which comes in many different shades of green and is easier to work with. Now, you want to buy the genuine stuff instead of something made in another country and mass produced, then you will want to support the traditional craftspeople and make sure that it's certified. These designs um, for New Zealand money um, is about $100 to $200, but you can spend up to $600. Or in U.S. dollars, the price range is $62 to $125, but you can spend up to $400 for one. So really not too bad for a souvenir when you think about it. So why are they carved in different styles, particular styles? Now, some of these can look like the kind of like the Hawaiian fish hook of sorts. Um, some of them are very, um, they look kind of Polynesian in design. Um, and uh, they're, they're really pretty. And uh, you can find out more about this if you want at uh, LonelyPlanet.com. And just look up, you'll see this everywhere, Greenstone Pennants in New Zealand. Now, before we get into some of the other hot topics, nine world-famous gemstones that you can find in New York City. WNBF.com, you can read about this. Dave Wheels Wheeler tells us all about it. There's a fine list of some gemstones here that can be found in New York talks about uh, what are gemstones, what makes uh, gemstone healing, what's the best way to use gemstones, and what gemstones can you find in New York. Well, that's the part I want to get to. Of course, Herkimer diamonds, we talked about these many times. Herkimer diamonds are only to be found in Herkimer County in upstate New York. That's my coffee. It's ready, but I've already poured some even before it was ready because <laughs> I love my coffee. So when you get to New York, you go State Route 28 and 29 near Middleville, New York, and um, collecting minerals from government lands is illegal in New York, it says, and requires a permit, but there are commercial mines that you can go to, which include the Ace of Diamonds Mine, Herkimer Diamond Mines, and Crystal Grove Diamond Mine Campground. These will allow you to enter and prospect for a fee. Um, some of them will rent equipment. You would need rock hammers, wedges, or other small tools. And they, of course, they're always going to, a lot of these places will sell specimens if you're too lazy to dig. Garnets. This is the New York State Gym. Um, they're orange. They're beautiful. Uh, they can be red. But uh, some of the most prettiest ones that come out of this area are orange calcite. Uh, beautiful mineral for specimens. You can carve it. It's kind of soft. It's great for spheres, bookends, things like that. They have a type of honey variety that is an amber color to a light yellow color, which is quite popular. The orange is a very warm, desirable color. Uh, yellow is bright and cheery. Also, dopsite is a mineral that contains magnesium and calcium, and this creates these crystals. Uh, can be white, but uh, there's a couple different varieties. The chrome dopsite, which is very popular and collectible, and the black star dopsite, which is also another favorite. Um, tremolite, 
crystals can be found in New York. These are kind of a green, um, more of a um, specimen type than something for jewelry. It's mined commercially in India, but uh, there are still large deposits in the state. You can look at St. Lawrence County if you want to look and see some of these locations where it comes from. Tourmaline, there's some beautiful green, bright kind of aqua green known as a uvite. This type of tourmaline that is found in New York is very collectible. If you can find large crystals in good condition with this beautiful aqua color, this uvite, um, very collectible and worth having. Um, Tourmaline can be found in pigmatites across the state, but the best sites are along the Hudson River. So maybe there's some panning that can be done there. Rainbow Moonstone, quite beautiful with hues of uh, purple, can be found um, both varieties of Moonstone, Rainbow Moonstone. Dominant variety is a dark colored Labradorite, and then um, also the other um, more lighter type of moonstone that you see. The best material comes from Adirondack State Park and surrounding areas. That's spelled A-D-I-R-O-N-D-A-C-K State Park. So you might want to look that up. Rainbow Moonstone. That is neat. I've always loved Moonstone. Um, Spratlerite is a wonderful place to get some great examples of this mineral. can have a light yellow color to a gray. Um, it is quite beautiful, and this in New York is unique, pretty much. It's mined and processed in New York to this day, making it a vital part of the economy of the state. Sparrow, right, can be found anywhere there is a zinc mine nearby. Uh, the bulk of these mines are in Lawrence County and Wayne County if you want to check that out. Halite, um, of course, is like a salt. You're going to find this at the salt mines, many locations of halite throughout the state. One particular for great samples is at Fingers Lake. Be sure and check on the availability of all these areas. Um, uh, another gemstone, um, that's it. That's all the ones for New York. It, then it goes into gemstones of Michigan, which we already have covered those. All right, how'd you like to hear about how fool's gold fooled the archaeologists for years? So how did this happen? Um, the article caught my eye. I went to mining.com and looked it up. Uh, it was just contributed by a staff writer, apparently. But ammonite, you may have seen these ammonite um, fossils that look like they are encrusted in iron pyrite or fool's gold. Now, some ammonite from the Ohimenden quarry um, is on shale, and you can see this sometimes for sale, or you might have seen it on display. Uh, in the University of Texas at Austin, found out that many of the fossils that came out of the Germany shale with this pyrite look actually is not pyrite. Um, according to this, when this stuff was buried down in the early Jurassic period or even before, that oxygen actually played a part of this. These ammonites peek out from black shell in these slabs. Um, 
but uh, there really is no pyrite fossils that are found. The fossils look golden, and they per are preserved as phosphate material minerals with yellow calcite. So it's actually a yellow calcite, um, and this is what changes their view of these fossils. Um, let's see, they also found out that the fossils were primarily made of a phosphate mineral, even though the surrounding black shell rock was doubted with, dotted rather with microscopic clusters of pyrite crystals called framboids. So there was these microscopic little crystals that formed around there, but the actual fossil itself was not. They counted 800 framboids on a matrix of a small fossil, and um, there were maybe, on these golden fossils, they maybe found three or four of these tiny little framboids of actual pyrite. Pyrite forms... Uh, without oxygen, but phosphate minerals need oxygen, so the research suggests that among the seafloor beds, there was oxygen. Decay, predators at bay, a pulse of oxygen had to be used to drive the chemical reactions needed for this type of fossilization. And you can read more about this if you want, um, but that is what oxygenization and phosphate uh, and all the accompanying minerals are what cause this enhanced mineral shine on these ammonites that look like they are encased or, or covered with um, fool's gold. It's not fool's gold. Rare Blue Diamond steals the show at Sotheby's Geneva auction and sets a new record price of 25.18 million dollars US dollars at gjepc.org you can read about this uh, beautiful stone they have it on someone's finger gorgeous blue diamond huge kind of a pear shaped cut um, wow it's just amazing 11.16 carat fancy vivid blue diamond holds the title of largest blue diamond in this collection, this Bulgaria collection, and uh, quite beautiful, been read by, worn by many famous people, uh, showed up on the red carpet, and uh, has been around for quite a while, since about 1970, so wow, uh, blue diamonds of over four, of over 10 carats are extremely rare, and only a handful have come up uh, in a long, long time. Heavy dinosaurs. Well, we know dinosaurs were heavy when they walked the earth, but uh, they're still heavy even now that they're fossils. Ah, sorry, I got to get another swig of coffee. This dinosaur was so heavy that when they were transporting it, um, it actually, the truck was so heavy, it broke the road during transport. InterestingEngineering.com tells us heavy dinosaur fossil breaks the road during transport by Lochia papadopoulos. And uh, there's some pictures of this magnificent creature. The spine uh, looks like it's as, as one spine is about as big as part of your leg. It is unbelievable. I'm not going to go into this article too much. We've talked about this dinosaur, massive long-necked dinosaur that measured 100 feet 
or 90 meters long, um, was in, discovered in Argentina so heavy that it broke the road, as reported by Live Science. Um, the specimen is called a Titan Asor, and the bones caused a traffic accident when the researchers were transporting them to Buenos Aires, uh, Aries to be studied. It destabilized the vehicle and caused an accident, but uh, no one was hurt. Even though the dinosaur bone went flying through the air, um, it, the bone was not damaged. It, it, it broke the road. Unbelievable. Crazy. It was first discovered in 2018. They feel that uh, this creature uh, would have weighed, uh, uh, be, most of them weighed between 30 and 40 tons, but this particular one could have weighed up to 70 tons, according to Live Science article. Wow, what a finding. All right, so do you like American mined gemstones? If you do, go to Rio Grande, riogrande.com, not a sponsor of the show. And uh, they have a wonderful story about a brilliant journey from mine to market of these U.S. stones that you can learn more about. But as a hyphenated, I guess, list of those beautiful stones, some of these American mine gemstones that are mostly trademarked, um, a lot of them, and you can purchase them already faceted if you want to have something to set. Faceted Montana sapphires are a beautiful blue. An ocean of bright blues, teal greens glisten in gemstones mined from the mountains of western Montana, available in faceted round oval cushion cuts for captivating custom designs. Arizona Peridot, this is a uh, kind of a green, almost a yellow green um, to dark uh, green gemstone that comes from ancient lava flows in southern Arizona. They're faceted, typically round, hexagon, kite, barrel cut, and other colors to maximize the light in these gemstones. Also, San Diego Tourmaline, I do not see them faceted here, but they're cut uh, from the San Diego uh, County gemstones. Soft pink color with veil-like inclusions render each uh, addition to this American Mine collection unique. Now, I did do a video on um, some of these gemstone mines in San Diego, the Ocean View mines, so you can check that out. I actually mined up some tourmaline, very small ones, but uh, a lot of other great gemstones have, uh, uh, so far. Also, Idaho garnets are another one. Now, we have uh, also done a video on Idaho garnets. This is mined from the northern panhandle of the rural Idaho combination of iron magnesium create these gemstones rich red wine hues distinctive of traditional garnets they are faceted lake county fire opal this is the only opal suitable for faceting organ mine gemstones display fiery reds bright burnt oranges and shapes like those uh, unlike those found elsewhere arkansas ice quartz this is beautiful, pure quartz from Blue Springs, Arkansas. They're bold gemstones faceted with a mirror-like luster for cushion marquees, oval, and round cuts. We've got Emilia Teal Ammonazite. This is a beautiful blue gemstone, very uh, like, a, like a Caribbean, 
like the bluest Caribbean waters that you've ever seen. Grade A gemstones from the Moorfield Gem Mine of Virginia. Brilliant uh, fancies in the shade of blue-green feature, molten color saturation with occasional white or light blue streaks. And they are cabochons. Rodeo Queen Ruby. These saturated pink rubies are beautiful. Um, and they are from the Rocky Mountain area of Wyoming. Oregon Sunstone, these are lighter colored, uh, clear to a peach pink to a champagne color from Oregon. Um, what else? few more. Oregon Jasper, um, definitely I've cut some of that before. These are orange to white um, stripes and patterns with uh, some hues of yellow. Very beautiful. Cabajon's Bird's Eye Turquoise, or Bluebird Turquoise, that is, from Mineral Park Mine in Arizona. Um, I have mined some of this as well. I don't think I have a video on mining it, but I do have videos on cutting it. Source from renowned Mineral Park Mine in Arizona's uh, Serbet Mountains, vivid robin egg blue gemstones with minimal matri matrix, brighten and bolden custom designs. Gold Canyon Turquoise, this has a beautiful brown matrix from the Arizona Seabrit Mountains. Um, very beautiful turquoise blue vein gemstones shine with a hint of a golden or more of a brown type of a matrix. Mona Lisa Turquoise, these are also have golden streaks and brown, darker tones, and these come from um, Arkansas. So that's pretty cool. It's now closed, so this is a limited supply. Herkimer Quartz is also uh, faceted for beads and gemstones. And then Sleeping Beauty Turquoise, getting harder and harder to find all the time. This is a turquoise that is just as beautiful as the most beautiful turquoise in the world that came out of Persia and really is the namesake of turquoise. Um, that came out of uh, Turkey's and Turkey and Persia and that area. So uh, yeah, it's for Arizona Sleeping Beauty Mine now closed. Beautiful, sought after, getting more expensive all the time. So there's your American Mind collection. Record thirty-five million dollar diamond and the world's largest ruby is on show in Dubai. If you want to read about this, you can go to the ArabianBusiness.com and look up the article under that title. They've got a picture of this beautiful, stunning ruby and this beautiful pink diamond. The um, the largest ruby is thirty-five million dollars. Um, they're expecting it to be sold. Um, also this, uh, diamond. Okay. So it's a $35,000 diamond and it will be on June 8th and a 55.22 carat stone was the largest and most valuable Ruby to ever appear at auction is expected to command in excess of $30 million. Wow. Beautiful, beautiful. So it says this is uh, the pink diamond is the eternal pink, the most vivid pink diamond to come to market, expected to fetch over $35 million. Wow. And it tells you a little bit about the diamond market 
If you want to continue to read more about that, check it out. All right. Um, let's talk about uh, heterogenite. Heterogenite is a very interesting gemstone. If you go to uh, wikiwand.com and look up uh, heterogenite, it's H-E-T-E-R-O-G-E-N-I-T-E. It comes from a Greek word of another kind and um, formerly related to uh, the weathering of uh, different minerals, including uh, calcite, malachite, cooperite, uh, smallite, and other ones. This mineral is uh, quite beautiful, can be black, reddish, brownish. It usually has green to blue color in it. The hardness can be about four to five on the hardness scale, typically found around nickel area. Not a lot of information on this. I think it's a pretty rare mineral. I think it's safe to say this is a rare mineral. If you go to mindat.org and look up hetero, uh, heterogenite, you will see um, some of it, I don't know if you know what plissamine is, but uh, some of it looks like a, a bitrudal globs uh, when it forms. And uh, it can look like a bigger globs or lots of several globs. And it does form a lot of times on um, nickel to copper minerals. It is a black, reddish, blackish brown. Uh, again, three to five hardness test. The most popular areas for specimens come out of uh, Congo. Even though I could not find a lot of information on this, um, it said that uh, heterogenite is commonly referred to in mineralogical literature as cobalt oxyhydroxide. However, detailed analysis of Raymond and inferred spectra acquired on particularly well-crystallized natural specimens of heterogenite suggests the mineral can be characterized by these delta fossite type structures with the general chemical formula of ABO2. Now, I won't go into all of this, but there tends to be a type 2H and a type 3R, which has to do with the... Um, the way it's mapped um, electronically, when they look at it with uh, electronic uh, black scattered diffraction light, they determine this and they can see that, uh, that there's a little bit difference in the way that they form. So um, kind of hard to tell the difference, but uh, there is the slight variation of them. Again, they are opaque, black, reddish to blackish brown, black, brown, um, the cleavage is good and distinct. They're irregular to uneven conchoidal fractures. So uh, kind of bizarre. Somewhere between uh, breaking like uh, jasper and breaking like uh, obsidian. Now there is quite a few locations that come from this. It has a quite simple um, molecular pattern if you're interested in that kind of stuff. But if you scroll down to the bottom of your page, you'll see that it's found... Uh, pretty much everywhere but in the USSR. It looks like it is nowhere in uh, the northern Europe or northern, you know, Russia part of the world. So New South Wales, Queensland, South Australia, Bolivia, Canada, China, Chile, China, 
Congo, China's about as far north, really. Congo, France, Germany, Germany, and uh, some of those European countries are the first, the highest, uh, northernmost. Uh, Iceland, our friends in Iceland have that. Italy, Japan, Mexico, Morocco, Nambia, Portugal, Russia, South Africa, Spain, Switzerland, USA, and Zambia are areas that samples of this can be found. But remember, they're nowhere near as spectacular as the ones found in the Congo. All right. I did have a gold mining story. I hope it didn't disappear, but it does look like it might have disappeared. All right. Well, I guess we will go into the gemstones and... I can try and see if I can find that gold mining story again. Gee, gold mining story, uh, Old West, Old West. Man, it was a good story too. I don't know how it disappeared, but I got rid of it somehow. Let's see if it pops up again real quickly here. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh boy, I don't know. We'll check out this one. That's not what I had in mind. But we'll check out the Swedish gemstones, and uh, I actually had found one that uh, was pretty cool, Old West, but we'll talk a little bit about gold mining. I pulled up something on gold mining here, just pulled this up out of, out of nowhere. Let's talk about these Swedish gemstones. Um, if you go to gem5.com and look up Sweden gemstones and minerals, you'll see a list here of what they claim is Swedish gemstones. Now, the first one I thought was really interesting because this is not one I ever heard of before. And uh, maybe I should do a uh, an in-depth on this sometime. But Ambligonite, if I'm saying that right, it's A-M-B-L-Y-G-O-N-I-T-E. It says it's not so popular of a gem. Its Greek name means crooked. It comes in green, uh, clear, yellow, and even purple. Older cut specimens may have slightly rounded faceted edges due to the gem's lack of hardness, about six. Uh, Ambulgonite can be found in Brazil, France, the United States, Burma, and even Sweden. And sometimes can be confused with Brazilianite, which I guess is another gemstone. So it looks like it's a light-colored green. It would be a favorite uh, of mine. Purple would be pretty cool, too. I'd like to see that. Now, here's one of kind of my favorites. Um, and I guess it's because I discovered some rhodonite deposits in my travels that uh, in a couple spots that uh, other people had a very, very difficult time finding in recent history. Uh, so I'm kind of proud of that. I actually did a video of uh, finding rhodonite a strawberry road night and a yellow kind of road night up in uh, Wrightwood in San Bernardino. So you can watch that video on YouTube if you look us up at Radical Rocks. But road night is a silica mag manganese iron magnesium, a mineral of the uh, pyroxene group. Um, it has uh, a rare tablicer in crystals, very valuable if you find it crystallized. Sometimes with rounded edges and wrinkled faces. Sometimes it occurs as distinct translucent to semi-opaque crystals. That is super rare. They're not very big. Um, but usually you can find it 
as a lapidary material for making cabochons and things like that. Quite beautiful. Masses of pink, reddish flesh to brownish red color. Uh, I love rhodonite. It's messy to work with when you work with the lapidary material, but cabochoning rhodonite, um, yeah, that's cool. And apparently this can be found in Sweden. Awesome. I'd love to go there. Um, Dopsite, a type of uh, rock that uh, we talked about a little bit today. It has surface growing crystals, short columbar and tablicure, almost square to octagonal in its cross section. It is of a magnesium bearing in member, uh, isomorphous monoclinic dopsite, hedenbergadite series complete solid solution which has two intermediate members salite and ferrocellite so basically dopsite is a beautiful green mineral um, it's pretty durable i have a few pieces that i've collected it's nice to facet um, and very popular um, for people who are in the know about colored gemstones dopsite is one you would want to have in your collection phosphofossilite now, phosphofossilite is a very rare mineral. It is a light aqua blue in a lot of cases. Hydrated zinc iron mag magnanese phosphate with, again, a crystal system, long prismatic, thick tablature, colorless to a deep blue greenish. Twin crystals are common. Semi hard light with excellent prismatic cleavage. Translucent to transparent with vitreous luster, it turns gray and loses water uh, when heated, apparently. Now, there's more on these. If you want to read more about these gemstones, you can go check this out. Maybe I'll go into them in more detail sometime. I have a lot to do tonight, so I'm not going to be doing a super long podcast. Um, petalite is a lithium aluminum silicate, uh, a silicate. It uh, is large cleavable masses, maybe white, gray, pinkish, yellow, or colorless. They have an example that is a black gray, um, pearly luster. Iolite, a violet colored uh, gemstone named after a French geologist. Um, it has silica, aluminum, and magnesium. Beautiful, kind of a violet color, um, dark rich and iolite has become established among gemologists has a stubby prismatic crystal pseudo hexagonal twins with glassy appearance okay uh for some reason my recording device turned off so yeah hopefully you got the end of uh iolite um also known as uh, yeah iolite all right a purplish color all right laz Lazulolite is a bright blue. It's so bright blue, I mean, it almost looks like a neon blue. Um, very beautiful crystals. Um, it has bright blue crystals. It can come in masses of crystals, which are big enough to, uh, to facet. Uh, it can break into small fragments if heated, so you need to be careful with that. Pyrite, another one. I wouldn't really think of that as a gemstone, but it's in this list here. We talked about 
uh, pyrite. It's going to form crystals. That's not something to facet or anything. It's just going to break into pieces. Um, titanite is a very rare calcium, titanium, silica. Very important ore of titanium. It is uh, kind of a peridot green color, the specimen that they have here. Sparkles like a diamond. Has crystals with prisms and pyramid tips. It can have stubby wedge-shaped flattened crystals, tablature. Uh, twin crystals are also found. Spondamine. Spondamine is uh, a lithium family ore. This, uh, in this area, it looks like it can be a light color, almost clear. If it has lithium in it, the more lithium it has, the more purple or blue it will be. Um, quite beautiful. Uh, kind of not really super hard for um, faceting, spondamine. Um, but apparently, this one uh, is available there. Scapolite. Scapolite is a beautiful golden to brown mixed crystal series, complicated sodium, calcium, aluminum, silica group, composed of uh, calcium rich and sodium rich different minerals. It can be yellow, blue, pink, violet, colorless. Of course, lots of crystals and uh, quite beautiful. Microcline. This is a uh, silica of potassium and aluminum and alkali, a member of the feldspar group. It would be more of a um, cabajoning material, apparently. It uh, is kind of an aqua blue in the picture that is shown. And uh, that is a rare type of feldspar, actually, because feldspar is quite common. This type is actually kind of rare. Zircon is for, for a feldspar, that is. Zircon is a zirconium silica. Uh, of course, crystal has sometimes can have uh, thorium or uranium in it. Not enough to, you know, make your skin melt or anything. It has um, pyramid type connected at the bases or twins. It can be colorless, yellow, red, brown, gray, green, and uh, very hard. Very hard, and zircon is super hard and uh, can be worn you know, like a diamond. It's pretty heavy duty. So those are our Swedish gemstones for today. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, actually, I do have a gold mining story for you. Lost Treasures of the Old West. The AmericanCowboy.com, Ron... Sue Dalter tells us about the lost treasures of the Old West. Um, of course, there's many, many treasures from those of the Spaniards, uh, pirates, all around the world, different stories of uh, treasure. But, of course, the Old West is one that uh, a lot of people like to hear. There's the pirate treasure and then the Calvary gold uh, it says, in addition to many legends that have surrounded, Colonel George A. Custard at the Little Bighorn have some rumors of a lost treasure. One version says the captain of the steamboat, called the Far West, needed to lighten his load. He had uh, over a quarter million dollars worth of gold, about $375,000 in gold, 
that he was safeguarding. Now to better accommodate the battle-wounded troopers, the gold may still lie against the banks of the Bighorn River, if it's still there. Outlaw Loot Many of the Old West's most desperate outlaws have been credited with hiding their ill-gotten gain in the hills. Such names as Bush, Butch Cassidy, the Sundance Kid, and the Wild Bunch are accredited to burying countless thousands of stolen dollars uh, in Irish County, a small remote site in Colorado's Yintah Mountains. So, uh, why not go look and see, you know, where the money is? But with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, why would they go all the way to Bolivia to start their life over as bandits if they could just go get that gold and stuff? So it makes you wonder. Now, this is an incredible story. I've told this story before on the podcast about the desert treasure ship. Um, this one is full of pearls, uh, and it's actually in the Mojave Desert. At one time, um, and this is backed up historically, the um, Salton Sea area of California, there was actually um, the ocean connected all the way up into there. And some sort of uh, earthquake might have happened that caused the land to shift, which blocked this ship, which there's pictures of it, I've seen them, early pictures of just around the turn of the 19th century, the 1900s, where this ship was buried in the sand and starting to come out. Uh, it's still there. Nobody's found it. Um, if they find it, who knows if the pearls will still be there or not. But uh, pretty fabulous story. These were very rare pearls that were um, gotten against the South American coast up through Mexico where the pearls there were huge. They were gigantic. Nobody had ever really mined or you know dived for those pearls. They brought a bunch of Africans with them to dive for these pearls. These were expert divers uh, at the time that were able to get these pearls. So they were they were documented, they were huge, but uh, they're lost. Uh, another lost mines, there's hidden treasures around lost mines, such as the Lost Dutchman Mine in Arizona, the Lost Adams. Friends of mine have gone looking for these lost mines. Um, Hollywood uh, has made many, many stories about such things. So if you want to check out some more Old West stories, you can go there to theamericancowboy.com and check that out. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. You can feel free to email me at RadicalRocksUSA at gmail.com if you have any um, ideas for a show, uh, you want to uh, give some uh, critiquing, positive comments are always welcome too. Feel free to contact me and let me know. We're always looking to make the show better. I'm always... Uh, you know, if you like story formats, maybe I should do those more. If you'd like a particular topic, if you don't like particular topics, let me know because the only way I would, can improve the show is if you let me know what you want or don't want to hear. So with that, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in. Until next time, remember, rock hounds don't die.
we petrify.